0: for it, amen, and uh, we're looking for all that the Lord will do. From the book of 1 Samuel chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading at the first verse. I'm going to read a few verses of scripture, and then I'm going to read a verse of scripture from the book of Proverbs chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, just an interesting little story in the word of God. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may thrust out all your right eyes and lay it for reproach upon all Israel. And the elders of Jabesh said unto him, Give us seven days' respite that we may Send messengers unto all the coasts of Israel. And then, if there be no man to save us, we will come out to thee. Then came the messengers to Gibeah of Saul. This is a very unique negotiation they're having. (laughs) Then came the messengers to Gibeah of Saul and told the tidings in the ears of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. And behold... Saul came after the herd out of the field, and Saul said, What aileth the people that they weep? And they told him the tidings of the men of Jabesh. And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard those tidings, and his anger was kindled greatly. And he took a yoke of oxen and hewed them in pieces and sent them throughout all the coasts of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel so shall it be done unto his oxen and the fear of the Lord fell on the people and they came out with one consent. I want to read to you just one little verse of scripture from Proverbs chapter 14 verse 4 and, and this is it. Where no oxen are the crib is clean but much Increase is by the strength of the ox. Much increase is by the strength of the ox. And by the help of the Lord this morning, I just want to take a few moments, and I wanted to to deliver you what is in my spirit today, and I want to speak to you on the subject, the strength of the ox. The strength of the ox. Praise God. Could you lift your voice with me and ask God to bless the preaching of His word today? Lord, we are nothing without you. But through you, we can do all things. And I pray in Jesus' name that your word would have free course. God, through feeble human clay, I pray that you will deliver your holy word. Help us to receive it in Jesus' name. Help us to know it, to believe it, to apply it to our lives. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for an anointing today an anointing upon the preaching of the word, and an anointing upon your people as we hear your word. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask these things. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. This year marks 60 years from a momentous occasion in in my family's life, and and really in Pentecost, uh, because it, 60 years ago this year was launched a radio ministry called Harvest Time, and that radio ministry was a broadcast that that really spanned the globe. It went out into all the world, really, and 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ was heard and it's special to our family because uh, my grandfather was the preacher on the radio broadcast and my grandmother was the singer on the radio broadcast and uh, their church choir at Calvary Tabernacle was the the choir on the radio broadcast and so it was a special a special thing and so many lives were impacted by the preaching of the word that went across the airwaves stories of of uh, truck drivers riding down the road through the night listening to harvest time and and pulling their uh, 18-wheeler off to the side of the road and repenting of their sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and today they uh, are pastor of a church and they turn their church over to their son who's pastoring the church and and they founded churches and Stories. Uh, one particular a pastor who was a rocket scientist, a rocket scientist, who heard the preaching of the word on harvest time, and uh, and he came to God through repentance and was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and and so it was a beautiful thing. They they would sing a song. My grandmother would sing a song, uh, and she would say. Uh, Harvest time, harvest time. The grain is falling, the spirit's calling. Oh, do not wait! It's growing late. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Now, I could could actually do it like she did it, but I'm not going to do that. And I, I could, I could, I'm gonna do a pretty good imitation of my grandfather too. But I'm not going to do that here today either. I almost did it one day. I was in the, I was in a restaurant, and there were several people there at the table, and. They were asking for an imitation uh, impersonation of my grandfather, and I was just about to do that and tell a story, and a terrible thunderstorm developed, and lightning struck outside the window where I was sitting, and I said, that's either God or Grandpa, and I'm not sure, and I'm just not going to do this today. So I don't want to catch nothing on fire today, so I'm just going <laughs> to hold off on that, but But they would lift their voices in song and sermon and it would fill the airwaves and it would traverse the the world. And people would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody remember the Harvest Time broadcast? Amen. It was a a really interesting uh, radio ministry back in the day. But the term Harvest Time was connected to the scriptural principle of Harvest. Because this is a scriptural principle, and it's it's one that causes us to realize God uses the natural harvest to convey to us spiritual principles. The parables of Jesus were, were filled with references to harvest, filled with references to seed filled with references to sowing and reaping. And these references to harvest were so integral to the, the understanding of what is coming, to the understanding of what we have to look forward to. I, I want you to know that there is a harvest that is unfolding even as we speak. I want you to know that there is a need for the gospel to be preached Because there is a day coming soon when this end time will come to full culmination and we are in a position where God is going to separate the wheat from the tares. And so the scripture teaches us about harvest. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13 verse 24 that he put forth a parable unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field but while men slept his enemy came those are so those are so powerful in the in the visual that we receive while men slept god forbid that we fall asleep in this hour while men slept the enemy came you know why it's Important that we don't fall asleep because if we fall asleep, that's when the enemy strikes. I can hear the Apostle Paul saying that knowing the time, it is high time. Now it is high time. He didn't just say it is time to wake out of sleep. He said it is high time. To awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. While men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. See, you don't even know the enemy did it. The enemy comes in and sows tares, and then he moves along. The enemy comes in and sows seed, and then he he moves out of the out of the picture. The Bible says that when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. I want you to know The fields are white already to harvest. I want you to know harvest time is upon us. I want you to know that there's a sickle that's going to be thrust into this earth and that the Lord is coming to a point at which he will bind up the tares first and he will ready them to be burned. But he said, gather the wheat into my barn and you and I have a decision to make today. Are we going to be wheat or are we going to be tares? We have a decision to make. Are we going to be ready or are we going to be unprepared? We have a decision to make. Are we going to be part of the five wise virgins who put oil in our lamp? Or are we going to put, be part of the five foolish virgins who take no oil with us? We have a decision to make. Are we going to be a part of the great revival that is here? Or are we going to be a part of the great falling away that is here? Because make no mistake about it, there is a revival that is present and there is a great falling away that is present. You'll see people get the Holy Ghost and backslide in the very same service. You'll see people repent of their sins and another person get bitter and turn their heart against God. What are you seeing? We're seeing harvest time. We're seeing a separation of the wheat from the tares. We're seeing people making up their mind whether they're going to heaven or hell. We're seeing people make up their mind whether they're serious about living for God or not. There's plenty of deception to go around. And the scary thing about being deceived is that you don't know you're deceived your heart is wicked before God, if your heart is unrepentant before God, I want you to know God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Now we love that grace to the humble part. Problem is none of us find being humble very natural. We get proud and we have a lot of pride, but when it comes to being humble, that's something God has to do for us. And we have to have a heart for it. To where we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But but God resisteth the proud. God resisteth the proud. God resisteth the proud. I want you to know the power of that. We're talking about an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, omnibenevolent God who resists the proud. The Bible said he hates the proud look. He doesn't even like the appearance of pride. He resisteth the proud. That means God becomes an enemy to those who are proud. So much so the scripture says that the Lord shall send a strong delusion that they should believe a lie and be damned. A man came speaking of my grandfather, came to my grandfather and said to him, I have decided that I don't believe this truth that I've preached all these years. And he said, I don't believe it's necessary that people are baptized in Jesus' name. I don't believe that it's necessary for people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, I think it's all semantics when we talk about whether there's one God or not. And then he looked at my grandfather and had the audacity to say, now, Brother Urshan, he said, you know That what I'm saying is right. You know that what I'm saying came from God. And he said, you know God gave this to me. You'll never admit God gave it to me. But you know that God gave it to me. And my grandfather said, you know what? I'll agree with you on this thing. God gave it to you. Because the Bible says the Lord shall send them strong delusion. That they believe a lie and be damned. And when you are proud and uplifted in your heart against God, then God will resist the proud. This is why when you pray, you had better humble yourself When you seek the face of God, you better do it with all of your heart. You want to be on the right side of God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, I know God is love, and God is slow to anger. But just because he's slow to anger doesn't mean he doesn't get angry. Some people have been angering God for a long time. You don't ever want to fall under the mighty judgment of God. You don't ever want to fall fall into the hands of a living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I'm telling you, it's harvest time, and the sickle is coming into the field. I'm telling you, it's harvest time, and it's time to make up in our mind whether I'm going to serve the Lord or not. Joshua said it this way, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. I believe the word of God. I believe the truth of God. I stand upon his promises and I lean on his word because the clouds are gathering overhead and the armies are gathering overseas and there's an encompassing coming around the holy city and the church is beginning to feel the pressure of a world that's turning their sights upon the holy people of God. It's happening even as we sit here today. You should not be intimidated. We were made for this moment. You should not be scared. You should not be afraid. We were made for this moment. We were made to stand up, speak loud, live for the Lord, pray and fast, worship and be faithful and be committed to the work of God, to the word of God, to the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. This isn't a time to backslide. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. If you're backsliding right now, you picked the wrong time. Ah oh, Lord have mercy. If this is if you're choosing, are you serious? You're gonna choose now to get bitter and backslide when the trumpets about to sound? You had all these years and you're gonna choose now spirits are running rampant through the earth while violence is filling the street while, while, while these, these terrible epidemics are, are surrounding the world. You're going to choose now. This is the time to come to the altar. This is the time to get baptized in Jesus name. This is the time to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the time to love your neighbor. This is the time to preach the gospel. Pastor Sizemore, I don't know why God chose all of us to live in 2021 and deal with all the stuff that's going on in our world. I don't know why he chose us, but he did. But he did. He chose us. And we're going to pass this test. And we're going to stand strong. And we're going to live for the Lord. It's harvest time. Say not four months and then the harvest. Look on the fields. They are white already to harvest. Listen. Don't say, hey, if we can just get through COVID, then we can start having revival. No, the fields are white already to harvest. Just no, 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 don't wait till things get perfect and prime and ideal and optimal. No, say not for months and then the harvest. Harvest is now. It's now. Hallelujah, the wheat is being gathered into the barns. The tares are being bundled. Hallelujah. It's a broad way to destruction. And there's a lot of other tares in that bundle. A lot of other tares who are under the same delusion, under the same lie. And they're being bundled together ready for the judgment of the Lord. It's time for seriousness about serving the Lord. I was I was traveling through... Indiana yesterday had the great privilege of preaching last night at my home church where I grew up, the 100-year church anniversary. And you talk about the joy of the Lord. Watching a brand new generation worshiping God, faithful to God. I, I tell you, it, it blessed my heart so much. They brought all of the former pastors uh, and, and stood us up on the, on the platform, the families and so forth, and blessed everybody, and, and the church was so kind and gracious, and it was a wonderful experience. And, and it's, uh, it's good to be you know, able to, to go back home sometimes and, and uh, see things that you haven't seen for a while, see folks you haven't seen for a while. And As we were driving through Indiana, of course, I grew up in Indiana, and there was an old song that said there's more than corn in Indiana. And I wondered if that song was quite accurate as I was driving through those fields. It's it's about harvest time. And I was looking out at those fields. I mean rows of corn and rows of soybeans. And they just they just fill the the, the highways as you're driving through. They're just everywhere. And and that is a massive project to try to harvest all of that corn and thankfully today they have the machinery and the equipment to do what is necessary the harvesters And the combines and all of the technology that has come to fruition over the last 100 years that has made harvesting crops and harvesting grains so much easier. But in these Bible days, it wasn't as easy as it is now. And it's still, I wouldn't say easy, it's it's just better than it was. But in the Bible days, they were dependent on a team of oxen and that team of oxen would have to pull that that plow through those fields to ready the field and they they had to they were so dependent on these teams you know that's the that's where the word team comes from the word team comes doesn't come from the cincinnati bengals or the cincinnati reds the word team comes from animals that are yoked together and they work together as a team to accomplish a goal. And that's where the concept of a team comes from. And so when we talk about the Bengals and the Reds, we're we're hoping they'll work like, like horses. We're hoping that they'll be strong like oxen and, and get the job done. That's what we're hoping for. We want them to, to be a good team. And so that's where the concept of a team came from. It came from the, the team of oxen, or the team of mules, or the team of, of horses, and they would pull with their might. The oxen were a unique kind of an animal because the ox is so powerful, but the ox also is very aggressive and and can be very difficult to deal with. So the, uh, they had to actually do a surgical procedure to make the oxen less aggressive and and so this would temper them a little bit and they would be a little more docile and they would they would be easier to work with and you could actually yoke them and you could lead them into the field and they would do what was necessary and they would they would come under submission to the yoke and they would work together to bring about the common good and that is what That is what Israel relied upon. That's what the ancient harvesters relied upon. They relied on teams of oxen to accomplish their harvesting of grains and harvesting of barley, harvesting of wheat, harvesting of corn. They were reliant on teams of oxen, these massive beasts that would work together with so much power and so in our text from 1 Samuel chapter 11, we read this incredible story of the men of Jabesh-Gilead. And the men of Jabesh-Gilead had become a part of Israel. They weren't even a part of Israel. They, they became a part of Israel through deception, really. They, they let Israel think they were from uh, some far distant land. Israel let them in, come to find out they were only a couple towns away. But Israel made a covenant with them and they could not break the covenant. They made an oath and they could not make the, break the oath. So Jabesh Gilead became a part of Israel and they were treated like they were Israelites. But in our passage of scripture, the Amorites encamp against the Gileadites. And when they encamp against the Gileadites, they're going to overtake them. They're going to destroy them. And the Gileadites came out to meet them and have a negotiation with them. And the Amorites said, here's the negotiation. They said, we're going to come and take over all your land and we're going to take over all your houses. And the Gileadites said, is there any way we can be at peace with you? Will you you at least be at peace with us? And they said, sure, if you'll let us pluck out your right eyes, all of you. And we'll give those right eyes to Israel to let them know we're coming for them. And the Gileadites said, well, that doesn't sound like a very good deal, but if you'll give us a few days, we'd like to go talk it over, think about it, mull it over, talk to our friends, Israel, and see what they think about it. We'll get back with you. Our people get with your people. And so they did. They went back to Israel. and, and, And when they conveyed these words to Israel, Israel began to weep loudly because what kind of deal is that, that you can have peace if you let us cut your eye out? And and Israel began to, to weep loudly. And Saul walked into this place where they were all weeping so loudly and so vehemently. And he said, what is the reason for the weeping? What is the reason for the lamentation? And they told him all that had just developed. Now here's what's interesting. Saul was at a unique time in his life. He was not yet made king, but he was anointed to be king. He had the anointing oil poured over him just one chapter earlier. And by the end of this chapter, he was going to be made king officially by the prophet Samuel. And when he heard what the Amorites were trying to do to the Gileadites and the message they were trying to send to the Israelites, I know that's a lot of ites, but the Amorites were trying to bully the Gileadites and they were trying to bully the Israelites And the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came on Saul. And his anger was greatly kindled. And all he could think about was who do they think they are? That they're just going to waltz up in here and start pushing around the people of the name. Pushing around the people of the Lord. And he said, you know what, that's not going to happen, not not on my watch. I know I'm between being anointed and being made king, but I've got the Spirit of God upon me, he said. And he said, I'm going to do something about this. And you know what he did? He grabbed a yoke of oxen and he cut it up into pieces and he distributed it out through the coasts of Israel. And all through the coast of Israel, they received an Amazon Prime package. And they were so excited. You know how you feel when an Amazon Prime package shows up and you don't remember ordering anything. You know that feeling that I actually do not know that feeling, but, but I have family members who seem to know that, that great joy. You, you're thinking, oh, oh, what is this? What is this? Is somebody sending me something or did I order something? You know it's bad when you don't remember ordering something. And so, so Amazon Prime package opens up. Now you just imagine how great that feeling is. Something shows up in the mail. FedEx, Amazon Prime, UPS shows up. You're all giddy and excited. And you open it up and it's like an ox jaw that's what Israel had all through the coast of Israel they thought they're going to open up some brand new gadget some cool new piece of technology and it's this and it's this it's this terrible piece of an animal and and it's a shock Factor, And that's, you see, the Old Testament was pretty barbaric, and so this story is a little, a little hard to deal with, but, but it's, it's what happened. And Saul sends out these parts of this yoke of oxen, and it sends a message. And the message is, this is going to happen to you if you don't understand. We have an enemy at the doorstep. This is what's going to happen to your yoke of oxen if you don't understand that there is an enemy on the horizon. If you don't realize there are armies encamped against us right now Israel, then you're you're going to you're going to fall victim and fall prey to these armies. This is going to be your yoke of oxen when this is all said and done, unless you come out with Saul and with Samuel and do what the Lord has called us to do. Now, there were several different nuances to this messaging. One, one particular element of this messaging was Saul could have been saying, listen, I'm going to come tear your yoke of oxen up if you don't come out and help us. But, but he was more importantly saying, the Amorites are sending us a message of brutality that they are not for us, that they are against us, and that they're going to take us down and this is what you can expect from your livestock and your homes and your marriages and your families and your lands if you don't come out with us to battle. And furthermore, he was explaining to them and showing them the divided ox has no power. The divided ox has no strength. If all you've got is an ox hoof, what good is that? If all you've got is an ox horn, what good is that? If all you've got is an ox shoulder, what good is that? If all you've got is an ox hip, what good is that? If all you've got is 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 this fragmented oxen, yoke of oxen, then what good is that to you? But if you put the ox together, if you start to put it all back together and take all the fragmented and broken pieces of this yoke of oxen and team it up together, then you can put a yoke on that thing and it can plow a field. It can reap a harvest. And I've come to preach to the church today in Jesus' name. It is high time for us to awake out of sleep. It's not time for us to be in our own little corner doing our own little thing. It's time for the ox to come together. It's time for the team of oxen to say, We're going to do what the Lord has called us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because there's a harvest, there's a harvest to reap. I said, there's a harvest to reap. They're everywhere, all across our city right now, and all across this nation. There are people who are hungry for the move of Almighty God. There are people who are desperate for a move of the Spirit. You know, when the Apostle Paul walked out onto Mars Hill, and he looked at all those people worshiping their gods, and he said to them, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious for as I passed by and beheld your devotions. Now you have to understand him passing by and beholding their devotions. That was a traumatic thing. Their devotions weren't little folding of the hands and nodding of the head. Their devotions were to heathen gods and these heathen gods demanded the most grotesque and absurd types of devotions. Paul saw utter and total depravity out on Mars Hill and he waded through all of and he came to the top of the mountain and he turned back and preached to them about the God who has created all things he said you call him the unknown God but I declare him unto you it is in him that we move it is in him that we breathe it is in him that we live and have our being." hallelujah now when he looked out over that grotesqueness and over over that absurdity and saw all of the hedonism and all of the heathenism he didn't run and hide no he preached he didn't get judgmental and condemn no he preached I want you to know that God wants to put a boldness in his church that says Lord we hear the clarion call of the hour and we're going to stand up up and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ if you've been carnal stop being carnal if you've been gossiping stop gossiping if you've been unholy stop being unholy it's time to come together and do a work for the Lord if you've been if you've been trying to decide whether you should come back into the church You need to come back into the church. It's time. Ha! I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's time! for the oxen to come together it's time it's time for that powerful that powerful beast that God anointed to do his work hallelujah to come together Paul said can the eye say to the ear I have no need of thee Paul said can the hand say to the foot I have no need of thee it's not time for the body of Christ to be disabled and to be dysfunctional it's time for the body of Christ hallelujah to join arm in arm and step into the future and say God has anointed us, God has called us, God has blessed us, and he will lead us to do his mighty work. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 The writer of Proverbs said that where no oxen are, the crib is clean. All you've got is some broken down, split up, divided pieces of ox. You can put those in the freezer or you can put those in the landfill, wherever you want to put them and keep the crib clean. But where there are oxen, there's much increase. And when there's much increase, it's going to get messy sometimes. Hallelujah. When there's much increase, you' you're, you're gonna you're gonna have some things at your feet sometimes that you wish weren't there. When there's much increase. when the oxen are in the crib, listen, I would rather have increase than a clean crib. I thank God, listen. All right, listen, we, I know we got to let all things be done decently and in order, and we've got to do everything we can to, to sweep out and sweep up, but I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost time when folks are weeping and speaking in tongues and falling out under the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. I just told you about a rocket scientist who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And before he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, he had a disdain for speaking in tongues. He had a disdain for what people call emotionalism. But there's something about hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that rocket scientist, who's probably smarter than any of us, but he's not too smart for the gospel. And he said the gospel is real. The gospel is true. And now he's a tongue talker with his sins washed the way in the blood of the Lamb. You know what that is? That's increase. That's increase. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it when the drug addict walks in and says, I want to give it all to God, and we're going to take the time to reach them and to minister to them. Bring the broken marriage. Come on. Bring the broken heart. Come on. Bring the broken spirit. Come on, bring the disabled body. Come on, bring the disease. Bring the brokenness. Bring the fractured mind. Bring it to the altar. There are oxen in this house. There's oxen in this house. Hallelujah, reaping the harvest of God. Reaping the harvest of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They had always placed the Ark of the Covenant on those staves and the priests would hold the staves and that's how they would carry the ark of God. But, but when they brought the ark back, the Bible says they're bringing it back. And while they're bringing it back, it is, it is upon the backs of the oxen. Hallelujah. And here's the thing about oxen. You know, the Bible says that the oxen came to the threshing floor. You may remember this account. If you don't, let me just refresh your memory or tell you for the first time. The Ark of the Covenant of God was held by the Philistines for a while. But here it is on the back of the oxen. And while it's on the back of the oxen, the Bible says that the oxen shook the cart at Nashon's threshing floor. Do you know why they shook the cart at Nashon's threshing floor? Is that rather quite simple. These beasts of habit, these creatures with such power and such force, they came to Nashon's threshing floor and they knew what to do when they got to Nashon's threshing floor. You pick it up and you put it down you pick it up and you put it down. You pick it up and you put it down. And those great big hip bones lift it up and push the ark that way. And then just as it was about to tip over the other hip bone picked it up and pushed it that way. And then the shoulder bone pushed the ark back. And the other shoulder bone pushed it the other way. And the ark is wobbling and weebling and moving all around. And it it was so unsteady that the Bible says a man by the name of Uzzah reached out to steady the ark worst decision he ever made he dropped down dead because he touched the ark of God while it was upon the backs of the oxen Brother Tinny said that the ark apparently was not user friendly and so user touches the ark and he drops down dead on the spot because he's tried to steady the glory of God upon the backs of the oxen. I agree. The the ark should have never been on the backs of the oxen. I agree. It should have been upon the staves. It should have been carried by the priest. I agree. But it's still the glory of God. It may not be ideal, but it's still the glory of God. Somebody might have misplaced it, but it's still the glory of God. Don't mess with it. Don't tamper with it. Let the glory be the glory. Let God be God. Let the power be the power. And those oxen are standing on Nation's threshing floor And they just think hey I know where I am They're looking around and they're like I've been trained for this This is where we thresh wheat This is where we pound our feet This is where we lift our shoulder This is where we thresh the grain But there was no grain There was no wheat and the oxen are still pounding their hoofs like there's stalks of wheat under them. No wheat. I mean, Yuza could be looking at it as like these oxen have no clue. And God was like leave them alone. Because that's what happened when the oxen start to work. Listen, you can look at you can look at somebody's circumstances and say they don't even have a reason to worship. But they're going to worship anyway. You can look at their circumstances and say, I don't even see wheat on the floor. I don't even see stalks of wheat gathered. I don't even know why they're happy. I don't even know why they're dancing. I don't even know why they still go to church. I don't even know why they still serve God. I'll tell you why. Because they're oxen and they know what to do. It's harvest time. Whether you see the wheat or not, it's time. It's time to worship, it's time to be holy, it's time to be faithful, it's time to wake up, it's time to do the work of God. It's time for the ox to come together. Saul is letting the children of Israel, this is one of the one of the unique moments. Where he was truly used of God He sent a message to all of Israel You listen to me This is us right now We're a divided ox You guys are all in your coasts Doing your own thing And and you don't even realize That the enemy has a united front against us. (laughs) He said right now We're just a divided ox Just kind of distributed out Among wherever we are What would happen? Just think of what would happen if the ox came together. Bone to his bone. Joint to his joint. What would happen? Oh, hallelujah. What would happen if this gift got connected to that gift? What would happen if this talent got connected to that talent? What would happen if this resource got connected to that resource? What would happen if the ox came together? What would happen if a yoke of oxen stood up and the shoulders, the big strong shoulders of the church, began to carry the glory of God? Oh, it might get a little unsteady, it might get a little unwieldy. You You might not know what's happening all the time, but let God receive the glory. That's all that really matters. seeing it right now that's what we did last week in the one service not every city sees that not every city not every city sees apostolic believers in the same city joining together saying we're here for a common cause we've all been saved washed in the blood of the lamb filled with the holy ghost he turned our mourning into dancing he turned our sorrow into joy he's the lifter of my head he healed my body he touched my mind I've got a testimony. The blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony is on my side. And I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you folks, it's real. I preached at my, I was at my father's church a week ago, just just this past week. And while I was there, My father, my brother preached Powerful message At the end of the service my father said He said to the young man That was on the third row He called him by name He said, Chad Why don't you come on down here and let that old time power fall on you And Chad was just sitting there like He said, why don't you just let the old time power fall on you And Chad was like, okay And Chad got up now you got to understand, Chad's been through some things. Chad's been through some things. He'll tell you he's been through some things. He 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 experienced war. He had some PTSD. He's been through some things. He he, he had suffered with the addictions and and he's lost everything he has in life. And he's sitting on the third row, just just sitting there, just trying to enjoy the service. And then the preacher says, "Why don't you come on down here and let that old time power get on you?" And Chad walked down to the front. Now now, Chad, when he would normally worship, he'll just kind of just kind of raise his hands halfway and, and really, you know, focus on the Lord. And he did that again. He came down, but this time he came down for the old-time power to fall on him. And when he came down, the old-time power fell on him. And I'll never forget it. I'm watching him, and I'm, I'm just kind of watching this whole thing just kind of happen organically. And, and, Ch- and, and Chad just walks down to the front and, and holds out his arms like he normally does, and all of a sudden it went like this. He's trying to hold it together. And I thought, uh uh-oh, that old time power, that old time power. 2021 needs old time power. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. No, I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. I want everybody to know it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. If the scoffers can go about the streets, you better believe I'm going to shout it from the rooftop. Come on, I want to know if there's a yoke of oxen in here. If there's a team of oxen in here that says we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder and we're going to carry the glory of God into this world. Jesus, Jesus said, preach the gospel. Do you know what the gospel is? It's the good news. It's the good news. I'm tired of reading the bad news every morning of every day. We'll leave that bad news to the corporate media. Stop studying all the bad news and start studying the good news. It's for every creature. It's for every person. It's for every nation. It's for every nation. You can remain standing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. The Lord, the Lord said, Ezekiel, I, I want to show you. I want to show you a valley. This valley is a valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel looks out over this valley of dry bones. Now this valley once, hallelujah, this valley once was filled with soldiers, strong men, carrying weapons, able to do war. I don't know what broke it up. I don't know what devastated it. But there it lie, in a complete disarray, overcome by its adversary and by its enemy. It's there. It's clear. The history shows this was a great warring army, and it's not anymore. And the Lord asked Ezekiel this question, and it's the question for all of us. Can these bones live? Ezekiel said, Thou knowest, Lord. Good answer. And the Lord said, Prophesy to these bones Prophesy to these bones Let me just tell you This goes, this is simple but it was profound for me So you just have to pardon me The Lord just showed me That's the preaching of the word Can these bones live Thou knowest Lord Prophesy to these bones That's the preaching of the word That's what I'm doing right now That's what Pastor Sizemore and all of the ministers have been doing Preaching the word To what? To the bones, to the dead dreams, to the dead goals, to to the dead hopes preach to those bones, bring the bones back together, joint to its joint bone to his bone and, and, and I will lay sinew upon it and I will lay flesh upon it I will restore the years that the locust hath eaten, I will restore the year that the palmer worm and the canker worm have eaten I will do a new thing it will not be done in a corner I will do a new thing, in that day there shall be one Lord in his name shall be one and there shall be light in the evening time hallelujah some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord our God they are brought down and fallen but we are risen and stand upright. I will say to the Lord he is my refuge he is my fortress my God in him will I trust a thousand shall fall at thy side ten thousand shall fall at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee what are you doing brother Joel I'm prophesying to the bones these bones can live So they all got set up just so, bone to its bone, joint to its joint, sinew flesh. But they still weren't moving, and they still weren't breathing. And the Lord said, now prophesy to the wind. And again, I, I pardon me, it's profound for me, but just... Bear with me. It, it hit me like a lightning bolt. Prophesied to the wind, and I felt the direction of the Lord. That's prayer. That's prayer. Hallelujah. He formed man of the dust of the ground. He formed him from the dust of the ground. That's the preaching of the word. Hallelujah. The worlds were framed by the word of God. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then God, when he formed man, that's that's the word. But then he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. That's prayer. one accord in one place that's the word but suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting that's prayer many people don't have either but some people have one not the other it's time to bring the whole ox together like you're putting a model together, just a model car, just line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, here a little, there a little, put the ox together, put the dry bones together, hallelujah, Peter standing up with the 11, be together, be together. They're not all scattered around the room. No, no, no. Peter standing up. When he Peter didn't preach alone on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said he stood up with the 11, all 12 disciples, looked at false doctrine and heresy and the mockers. As the mockers filled the room, Peter didn't have to step up by himself and try to face down all the mockers. No. All 12 stood shoulder to shoulder and said, We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, Peter, you preach it, but we're standing with you while you do. Peter, you declare it, but we're not going anywhere. It's the truth. It's the truth. When Peter said, "This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel," he was standing next to John and Thomas and Philip and Bartholomew, and every one of them were looking out at the mockers. When Peter said, "You have taken him by wicked hands, crucified him, and slain him." therefore let all the house of Israel all the house of Israel know assuredly hallelujah that this same Jesus you see Peter was doing on the day of Pentecost to all the house of Israel what Saul did by sending the divided ox he was letting them know you've made a mess of this and he said listen let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus whom you have crucified God has made him both Lord and Christ when they heard this they were pricked in their heart. Oh God, prick this world in their heart. Oh God, speak to this world in their soul so that they'll say, What shall we do? Then Peter, whew, standing with Bartholomew and Philip. Then Peter, Standing with James and John, then Peter. Standing with Thaddeus and Nathaniel, then Peter. Hallelujah. Said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Woo! For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 3,000 people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they added to the church the Lord did daily, such as should be saved. That's what happens where the oxen are. That's what happens when the ox is made as strong as it can possibly be. Woo! I wonder if there's somebody willing to go to somebody near them. Hallelujah, husband to a wife, brother to a brother Father to children, hallelujah Sister to a sister, find somebody you've never even met before And put your shoulder next to theirs And say we're going to do something for God In these last days We're going to work together like we've never worked together before We're going to do something for God There's a harvest that needs to be reaped And we can depend on all the fancy gadgets if we want to And thank God for every fancy gadget we got But I'm going to tell you, no fancy gadget is going to replace the word and prayer the word and prayer come on somebody put your shoulder pads on put your shoulder pads on I need an offensive line that's going to stand for truth. Hallelujah. I need the body of Christ to say I need this body to be functioning. I need this body to be mobile. We've got some Mars hills to climb up onto. We've got Samaria to go down into. We've got Cornelius' house to walk into. We've got a work that needs to be done for the glory of the Lord. Come on, lift your hands all across this house. Lift your hands all across this house. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Now listen, I know it's nice and clean up here right now. It's real clean up here. But I wonder if there's some oxen that'll come down here and thresh some wheat for a little while. Come on, I need some oxen that'll come down to the front and thresh some wheat for a little while. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, one planteth and another watereth. But God giveth the increase. God, he giveth the increase.